Pray with me. Come, Holy Spirit. Light our hearts, open our ears to the word that you will speak. Amen. Today, just one week after we celebrated the resurrection of Jesus Christ, we gather around his words in the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5 through 7. My friend and Pastor Jenna and I will offer these words of Jesus, and afterwards I'll offer a brief reflection. Jesus says a lot in the sermon, different topics, challenging words, comforting words. In my experience, it can feel something like drinking from a fire hose. So as you listen, I want you to pay attention to your response. What words are you drawn towards? Where are you convicted? What are you resistant to? As Tim Brown says, what arrests you as you hear these words? Don't try to comprehend every implication. Just listen for something for you. And as you pay attention, remember who it is saying these words to us and what was done for you. Jesus Christ, God for you. So hear the word of the risen Lord. When Jesus saw the crowd, he went up the mountain. And after he sat down, his disciples came to him and he began to speak and he taught them saying, blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when others persecute you and revile you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its taste, how can its saltiness be restored? It it is no longer good for anything but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A city built on a hill cannot be hidden. No one after lighting a lamp puts it under the bushel basket, but on the lampstand and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good deeds and give glory to your Father in heaven. Do not think that I have come to abolish the law and the prophets. I have not come to abolish, but to fulfill. And I tell you, until heaven and earth pass away, not one letter, not one stroke of a letter will pass from the law until all is accomplished. Therefore, whoever breaks the least of one of these commandments and teaches others to do the same will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does them and teaches them will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. 
Truly I tell you, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and the Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. You have heard that it was said to those of ancient times, you shall not murder, and whoever murders will be liable to judgment. But I say to you, if you are angry with your brother or sister, you'll be liable to judgment. And if you insult your brother and sister, you'll be liable to the council. And if you say you fool, you'll be liable to the hell of fire. So when you are offering your gifts before the altar, if you remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go. First be reconciled to your brother and sister, then return and offer your gift. Come to terms quickly with your accuser while you are on the road with him, or your accuser may hand you over to the judge, the judge to the guard, and you'll be thrown into prison. Truly I tell you, you will never get out until you've paid the last penny. You've heard that it was said, you shall not commit adultery. But I say to you, whoever looks at another with lust has already committed adultery of the heart. If your right eye causes you to sin, tear it out and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one of your members than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. And if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one of your members than for your whole body to go into hell. It was also said, whoever divorces his wife, let him present to her a certificate of divorce. But I say to you, whoever divorces his wife, except for on grounds of unchastity, causes her to commit adultery. And whoever marries a divorced woman commits adultery. Again, You have heard that it was said to those of ancient times, you shall not swear falsely, but carry out the vow that you have made to the Lord. But I say to you, do not swear at all, either by heaven, for it is the throne of God, or by earth, for it is his footstool, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. And and do not swear by your head, for you cannot cause one hair to turn white or black. Let your word be yes, yes, or no, no. Anything more than this comes from the evil one. You've heard that it was said, an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth, but I say to you, do not resist an evildoer. But if someone strikes you on the right cheek, turn to them the other also. If anyone wants to sue you and take your coat, give your cloak as well. If anyone forces you to go one mile, go also the second mile. Give to everyone who begs from you, and do not refuse anyone who wants to borrow from you. You have heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you so that you may be children of your Father in heaven. For he causes his son to rise on the evil and the good. He sends his reign on the righteous and the unrighteous. If you love only those who love you, what reward do you have? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? And if you greet only your brother or your sister, what more are you doing than others? Do not even the Gentiles do the same? Be perfect, therefore, as your Father in heaven is perfect. Beware of practicing your piety before others in order to be seen by them, for then you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. So whenever you give alms, do not sound a trumpet before you, 
like the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the street corners so that they may be praised by others. Truly, I tell you, they've received their reward. But when you give alms, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that your alms may be done in secret and your father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites who love to stand at the synagogues and at the street corners so that they may be seen by others. Truly I tell you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your father who is in secret. And your father who sees in secret will reward you. And whenever you pray, do not heap up empty phrases like the Gentiles because they think that they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them. For your father knows what you need before you ask. Pray then in this way. Our father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive yours. But if you do not forgive others, neither will your heavenly Father forgive your trespasses. And when you fast, do not look dismal like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces in order to show others that they are fasting. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face so that your fasting may be seen not by others, but by your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Do not store up for yourself treasures on earth, where moth and rust consume and where thieves break in and steal. Store up for yourself treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust consume and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. And if then the light in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? No one can serve two masters. For a servant will either hate the one and love the other or be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and wealth. So do not worry about your life. What you will eat or drink or about your body, what you will wear is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or gather into barns and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which among you by worrying can add a single hour to your span of life? And why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all of his glory was not clothed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is alive today and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? Therefore, do not worry, saying, what will we eat or what will we drink or what will we wear? For it is the Gentiles who strive for these things. 
And indeed, your heavenly Father already knows that you need all these things. Strive first for the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all of these things will be given to you as well. So do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring worries of its own. Today's trouble is enough for today. Do not judge so that you will not be judged. For with the judgment you make, you will be judged, and the measure you give will be the measure you get. Why do you see the speck in your neighbor's eye but do not notice the log in your own eye? Or why do you say to your neighbor, let me take the speck out of your eye and all the while you have the log in your own eye? You hypocrite, first take the log out of your own eye, then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your neighbor's eye. Do not give what is holy to dogs. Do not cast your pearls before swine or they will trample them underfoot and turn and maul you. Ask, and it will be given to you. Search, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For whoever asks, receives. Whoever searches, finds. And to whoever knocks, the door will be opened. Is there anyone among you who, if your child asked for bread, would give a stone? Or if your child asked for fish, would give a snake. If you then, who are broken, know how to give good things to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask? In everything, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. For this is the law and the prophets. Enter through the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the road is easy that leads to destruction and there are many who take it. For the gate is narrow and the road is hard that leads to life and there are few who find it. And beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing but inside are ravenous wolves. You will know them by their fruits. Are grapes gathered from thorns or figs from thistles? In the same way, every good tree bears good fruit, and every bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. Any tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, you will know them by their fruits. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many deeds of power in your name? Then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoer. Anyone who hears these words of mine and put them, puts them into practice is like the wise man who built his house on the rock. The rains came, the floods rose, the wind blew and beat against the house, but it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. Anyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like the foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rains came, the floods 
rose, the wind blew and beat against the house, and it fell. And how great was its fall. Now when Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were astounded at his teaching. For he taught them as one having authority and not as their scribes. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thanks, Jenna. It's really fun to recite these words to a group of people, but we don't say them just to say them. So I'm curious, what did you hear? What convicted you? What puzzled you? What comforted you? Here's what it was for me. You've heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor, hate your enemy, but I say to you, you shall love your enemy and pray for those who persecute you so that you'll be children of your Father in heaven. For he makes his sun rise on the evil and on the good and sends rain on the righteous and on the unrighteous. If you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? If you greet only your brothers and sisters, what more are you doing than others? Do not even the Gentiles do the same? Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. That's what it was for me today. You've heard it said, love your neighbor, hate your enemies. Jesus suggests that we have heard this said, hate your enemies. He doesn't specify where, but he knows we've heard it. You won't find it commanded in the Bible, but we listen to a lot of things from a lot of places. So I wonder where have you heard it said? Jesus may as well have delivered this sermon to us today. So first things first, let's confess that we have heard this said and we are not immune to it, to hating our enemies, to defining ourselves by who we aren't, saying I'm not them, I don't roll with them, I don't do that, we don't say that, we don't talk like that, we don't vote like that. We don't look like that. Be honest, you've heard it said and you've seen it done. Love your neighbor, but hate your enemies. Isn't it tempting? Maybe you remember John preached a sermon about this just a couple months ago, and it was a great sermon. It was direct, honest, and yet, don't tell him, but I found myself distracted. As John asked us to be honest with ourselves about who we direct our hate towards, I struggled to do so. I couldn't really think of anybody. After all, I'm a Christian. I'm nice, relational, empathetic, loving. There's no room for hate, right? And it's not that there aren't people who run me the wrong way, who I stay away from, who I think mean thoughts about. But, I mean, that's gotta be different, right? Most of the time, I don't even have a good reason for why I dislike them. Surely they aren't my enemies. So with that in mind, maybe this call to love our enemies doesn't pertain to us because we've already figured it out. It doesn't seem to be our problem. To this notion, Jesus nuances his statement with particularly convicting words. He says, if you love those who love you, if you greet only your brothers or sisters, what reward do you have? What more are you doing than others? You can put people in whatever categories you want friend, enemy, or otherwise. You can say you have no enemies, but the movement of Christian mission, in other words, what we do, is not simply to not hate somebody, but to love everybody. Following Jesus means opening ourselves, stepping outside of our narrow definitions of community, 
to a gospel imperative of loving neighbor. We have to be honest about our human tendency to limit, to exclude, to build around us something safe and comfortable. So do you only love your friends? This is why Pastor John reminds us that while newcomers at Pillar note that everybody here seems to be genuinely kind, they often have a hard time getting plugged in, actually getting to know anybody, past a brief greeting and a smiley face. Do you greet only your brother or sister? To a culture that is obsessed with a nuclear family, saying family first, family over everything. Jesus says if you greet only your brother or sister, your father, your mother, your son or daughter, what more are you doing than others? The rest of the world does the same thing. And we're supposed to be different. So who don't you greet? Who don't you love? And at the same time, I won't pretend that we're all friends with everybody we meet or that the only reason we don't love everybody is because we haven't met them yet. The word enemy points to something real. Someone said it this way, to grow up is to be hurt. You will be wronged. People will cause you harm. I know I don't have to tell you this. In this room right now, people are carrying unspeakable pain, trauma, abuse, tied to the actions of someone else. And the natural result, anger, fear, hate, enemies. Jesus makes the audacious command, love your enemies, pray for those who persecute you so that you'll be children of your Father in heaven. I want you to notice that Jesus makes a connection between love and prayer. He says, love your enemy, pray for those who persecute you. I wonder if in our efforts to love our enemies, we need to think critically about how we pray. And I'm gonna go on a limb here and make a claim. I don't know if you can love your enemy without prayer. So where do we go? If we want to learn how to pray, there are a lot of good answers, but I don't know of a better place for a Christian to learn how to pray than in the book of Psalms. But what do the prayers of the psalmist say about enemies? How about this? Add guilt to their guilt. May they have no acquittal from you. Let them be blotted out of the book of the living. Let them not be enrolled among the righteous. Or how about this? Oh, that you would kill the wicked, O oh God. That the bloodthirsty would depart from me, those who speak of you maliciously and lift themselves up against you for evil. Do I not hate those who hate you, O oh Lord? Do I not loathe those who rise up against you? I hate them with perfect hatred. I count them my enemy. These psalms that address enemies are called imprecatory psalms. What's going on here? Does it sound like love to you? Do these words accidentally slip into our holy scriptures or are we to critique the psalmist? Is this great resource for prayer inconsistent with Jesus' command to love our enemies? Here's a quote to help us think about this. It comes from a book by a Protestant theologian, Miroslav Volf, called Exclusion and Embrace. He says, for the followers of the crucified Messiah, the main message of the imprecatory Psalms is this. Rage belongs before God. By placing unattended rage before God, we we place both our unjust enemy and our own vengeful self face to face with a God who loves and does justice. When one knows that the torturer will not eternally triumph over the victim, 
One is free to rediscover that person's humanity and imitate God's love for him. Love your enemy. Pray for those who persecute you. Not to gloss it over or to disregard the wrong you've been subjected to, but because only by bringing to God your actual thoughts and feelings coming to the light of the world can you love. To be a Christian is to do something different, something new, to love. And to be clear, we aren't able to do this simply because Christians had a new idea or even because we have an accountable community. We can only do this because someone went before us to make a way where there was none. Jesus, who loved us even when we didn't love him, who greeted us as brothers and sisters when we rejected him. To go the way of the crucified and risen Lord is to love our enemies, to open ourselves to those around us, to be made new, and in that way, to do a new thing. In the name of the Father, of the Son, of the Holy Spirit. Amen.